2: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Here's Spironi who he rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace, that's a neat ball to Ambrose with space on the right, good turn, he crosses
0: into Johnson, oh yes, back of the nest.
4: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast, I'm your host Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk and it's preview time again. This weekend, Palace travel to Vicarage Road, and Albert Curley and Sam Hesketh joined me to discuss the Christian Benteke's place in the team, Joel Ward stepping in for Wondersaka, and the potential of Koyate making his full debut. Also on the agenda is FYP sending police to prison, the home sale fanatics, and Wilfred Saha finally receiving the Man of the Match Award for his playoff final performance. We are joined by Ollie from the Hornet Heaven podcast, which won the silver medal at the British Podcast Awards last year, and naturally, All the talk is based around Wilfie Zaha. Like Mo Salah, let's dive right in. Right, yes, it's back for another week of previewing. Um, Heskiff, have you calmed down yet for Monday night? No, simple answer. (laughs) Simple answer. Albert. Hello. Hello. Are you over it? yeah
3: i'm over it move on let's smash watford
4: <laughs> indeed um oh I, i'm i'm not sure i'm over it i tried to get over it but oh, I, this the most sad penalty just really annoy me because we all know what would have happened if it was at the other end and it was Wilfred zaha uh, probably something that will happen this weekend at watford yes again as he's probably booked for diving for no reason whatsoever um, Starting with (laughs) their five-year plan, a fanzine um, going after Sussex Police. Obviously, this has been going on since the Brighton away game almost a year ago now when they accused Palace fans of having knives and knuckle dusters, which was obviously proved to be a liar. After many requests under the Freedom of Information Act, they have finally got to the stage where the police have 35 days to respond otherwise they can be found in contempt of court and it could end up with the high ranking officers from that day actually serving prison time heskefist is it's fantastic the way that they've been like a you know a dog with a bone with this isn't it fyp
5: yeah it is um i think they deserve a lot of credit for it because you know initially during, you know, the sort of aftermath of the game itself and all the, and the the issues that have come up, everyone was rightly angry and there was a lot of frustration. And so, you know, you expect to see and hear comments about how it was, you know, how, how the police acted and that sort of thing. Um, but for for the guys over at FYP to formally look into it and, and try and get to the bottom of everything to clear Palace fans' name, uh, for a start, is great. And, and to carry it on as they have done, Um I think deserves a lot of credit because, you know, there has to be a lot of accountability when, uh, you know, similar to sort of saying with Will's penalty and Salah's penalty, if it was the other way around, you know, if if it was football fans saying, you know, some, police had done something they hadn't, or if football fans actually had been found guilty of of actually doing what they said that they'd done, then, you know, the, the law would come down on them very hard. Mm. So when it's the other way around... I think that you know that, as I said, there has to be a lot of accountability and a lot of credit has to go to FYP for chasing it up, not letting it go, um, going through the right channels, doing everything you know by the book. So there's no excuse now um, for the people who have been very quiet over the past few months. There's no excuse for them now. They have to. They have to respond. And all going well, the truth, the actual truth, will come out. Mm, um, it's very
4: handy having a couple of lawyers on board. I am supposing our team, all we really can get is some good energy deals from Hambo. And uh, maybe Albert could get us parts as extras in Spider-Man. I can't even get you that, mate. <laughs> but no, fantastic. Well done to the boys over at FYP. Uh, fantastic stuff. And we shall see what Sussex Police produce report-wise because... They simply have to now. Um, Monday night, another thing that came out of that was uh, a lot of people talked about the atmosphere uh, or lack of it, maybe. Um, And it was obviously the first home game without the Holmesdale Fanatics being there as a unified group. uh, Without obviously knowing way too much of the ins and outs of what's gone in the background. This is Tony Stewart, who's asked this question on Twitter. Can the Holmesdale Fanatics issue ever be resolved? Um, I think ever yes I think it can be resolved Um, whether it can happen this season I think that all depends on uh, how the ticket situation has gone where they were whether they've sold uh, season tickets down there whether they're just uh, match-to-match tickets Uh, I don't think anyone can really answer that question but Albert it's it was certainly missed on Monday night wasn't it well
3: I was also missed on Monday night because I didn't make the game I had to watch it on TV and um
4: could you I mean, hear us never,
3: on the TV? I could, definitely, I could definitely still hear Palace fans on the TV, but then, you know, there was t- you know, mainly when they scored, let's be honest, you know, there was times when, you know, the away section did come across louder. So, it's, you know, it's quite hard to gauge, a, you know, a true sense of the atmosphere. It certainly didn't sound like, you know, it was deathly silent, but, you know, everyone who was there seemed to definitely notice a difference. So, whether it can be resolved, I don't know. I just think it's a shame all round, really. Um, I, you know, there's there always conflicting reports about what the hf wanted and the club you know what the club said they wanted but you know one one thing's for sure is that you know the atmosphere has uh, you know has likely been damaged um and uh, again i'm sure neither party set out to you know for that to be the you know the en- the end goal
4: mm. yeah i've i don't want the review show talks uh about the way the atmosphere went as well and certain songs being sung um notably songs in support of Tommy Robinson so I don't want to go too much into that but there was a lot of the atmosphere felt like going back to the old old days with having trying to have more banter with the away fans or giving abuse to Liverpool players and um, a lot of that I think portrays negative energy onto the team. You know, the Al fanatics were barring the um, occasional can you hear whoever have a sing, which was, you know, once a game. The rest of the time, the, for- the full force of their efforts was focused behind supporting our team and our players. And um, I didn't realise up until Monday night that that's definitely something that I buy into. And I like that idea. And uh, I missed it on Monday, especially after, you know, they'd been singing that song at Salah that obviously I can't repeat on the podcast. Um, it went, once it had been going for five, ten minutes and people kept going back to it all through the night, I was just like, "This, come on, this is rubbish now. Let's get behind the team. But obviously that's just my view on it. Uh, hopefully it will all get resolved. And um, hopefully we've addressed that as much as we can. Tony Struitt, thank you for your question. Instagram today, Zaha has um, posted a picture of his man and a match medal for the playoff final and stated that he only just got it today. Um, that's uh, some quite impressive timing there, Heskiff.
5: It's very good timing. Um, I wonder whether he was just given it today, whether he found it today. Um, regardless, he got it by being a brilliant player against Watford getting clattered in the box uh, <laughs> and, you know, doing what he does every single time he plays them. So I think you should get a medal every game.
4: <laughs> well, he's certainly been man of the match several times against Watford. Um, talking <laughs> of fans of other clubs, Heskiff, you've um, found some very amusing clips on social media this week. Uh, was wow. it a, a man from Miami offering out the Mirwall Firm?
5: Yeah, really weird. Um, A mate of mine, West Brom fan, sent it to me. Um, And it was tweeted by Mundial Mag on Twitter. And essentially, it's this sort of wrestler looking American bloke standing in front of a wall, calling out Millwall, um, aligning himself with Man United's firm. Um, And then going, I mean, just going fully into sort of UFC, WWE mode by saying get Dana White get Don King we'll make it a professional hooligan fight I've, I'll see you in the forest and, and then my favourite question,
3: bit, question. what is get Don King
5: Don King Don King oh Don oh, sorry Showing right, your age there mate carry on um, my favourite my bit of the whole video is when he he questions the Millwall fans on why they haven't why he's seen none of them in Florida so you know not not sure if he knows the difference between a flight to America and hopping on the bus in in Bermondsey but he seems (laughs) to think that they're all running scared of him
4: yeah I enjoyed the um, Millwall fans it's obviously tight in England so we can't meet there but I'll meet you anywhere Europe North America South America Asia (laughs) get it on hbo (laughs) yeah professional boxing stroke ufc stroke hooligan fights i can i can see it taking off
5: we'll um we'll stick it on the we'll stick it on the back of the next twitter or something so everyone can have a look it it is worth the two minutes of of your time
4: it certainly is um albert uh hello you enjoyed um digging brighton fans out last week so much so that you've you've basically continued i've got the taste for it now haven't i (laughs) I mean
3: I mean especially when they announce a uh what's the official word a sponsor a sponsorship deal with gap solutions I mean <laughs> do we even need to go into how you know how how gold that is I mean I've looked I've looked them up <laughs> uh, I've got their site open here uh it's not I don't know if Bright, whoever does the marketing at Bright. I don't know if they've looked into it, because obviously they are trying to close the gap on us, you know, forever in our shadow. But they've gone to a firm that does bespoke windows and wardrobes. <laughs> and I don't see how they're going to help, to be honest.
0: Oh,
4: so it's like that sort of gap solutions.
3: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, look, sliding doors and wardrobes, room dividers, shutters. So, you know, un- unless you wanted to fill up a wardrobe with some plastic clappers or something, I can't see how they're going to help.
4: Wow! Yeah, I mean, it is certainly the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Brighton Football Club. Um, my foray into social media this week <laughs> came with Lee Dixon having to make a public apology on NBC. If you didn't see this, um, I haven't seen it before the break. Uh, Lee Dixon was talking about Chelsea's manager Sarri, and that um, the first time he saw him, he had a fag in his mouth. So they go off to an ad break. Oh
3: no. Comes
4: back, the American audience watching has not realized that fag is a term for a cigarette in England. <laughs> and the main <laughs> presenter is like, um, before the break, um, there must have something was lost in translation as Lee Dixon referred to the word fag. Um, this is uh, another word for cigarette in England. Lee Dixon's there just like trying not to laugh. Like he, the corner of his mouth is twitching up and down as he's like, yes, I'm, I'm very sorry if I caused any offence. Um, I was talking about a cigarette, but like I say, I'm very <laughs> sorry if I cause any offence.
5: I'm very, very sorry.
4: <laughs> Heskiff.
5: Yeah, I've just got a little bonus thing that I've remembered that I saw today. uh Social oh. media, a bit of social media gold. Brentford uh, announced uh, a partnership today. They announced... Uh, G Savile and son have signed up to become the official funeral partners of the club. Oh,
3: my God. But they
5: started the tweet with a coffin emoji and Brentford till I die. <laughs> <laughs> well, that Surely cream. that's <laughs> intentional. <laughs>
4: uh, well, now you, you'll be Brentford after you die as well.
5: Brentford till you die and when you're dead.
3: Upon your death, just show your season ticket and you do get 10% off a of coffin. <laughs> It's a good loophole, isn't it?
4: <laughs> yeah, we'll just get billiam to voice that on an advert and it will work perfectly. Uh, right, before we go off and speak to Ollie from Hornet Heaven. Um beer check, what are we drinking, lads, Heskiff.
5: Cronenberg today. I've gone French. <laughs> Albert.
3: Oh, just gonna sound such such a loser, especially after my donking error. I'm I'm not drinking. I gotta be up at three in the morning for work. Oh, okay. A glass of milk. But if I was drinking a beer, I'd, I'd, I've still got some Heineken's in the fridge left over from
4: last week. That was a flat tire from Piston Head, which is exactly what I was drinking last week as well. But um, anyway, me and Heskiff are well lugged up. And and are having a beer? And we're having a beer. So let's get into it. <laughs>
0: Back of the Nest, match preview podcast, www.backofthenest.com.
4: Okay, we are now joined by Ollie from the Hornet Heaven podcast, our away fan this week. Ollie, sir, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. Um, stumbled across your podcast last season, uh, looking for an away fan, and I've listened to quite a few episodes now, mightily impressed, um, so congratulations on that. Well, thank you very much. I'm surprised you uh, you suffered it all, given it's Watford focus. Uh, won the Silver Award last season at the British Podcast Awards. That's pretty
6: impressive. Yes, it I... did, which actually makes it, uh, actually makes it the best football podcast uh, in the UK, because the one that beat us was a, a boxing podcast. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah, we were absolutely shocked and stunned, but uh, delighted. <laughs>
4: well, we'll run a little clip of that at the end of um, this piece. Uh, we'll start with your summer business. Uh, who was the big coming in this summer for Watford?
6: Um, well, I suppose the biggest coming in was Gerard Delefeu, uh who was on loan with us last season from Barcelona. He only played a few games for us because he got injured. Um, but we like the look of him because he's fast and skillful in a way that, uh, well, I'm going to make you lot think you might have to fear him. Yeah, he's fast and skillful but I mean in a way that we fear Wilfred. Um, He's not fit at the moment, so he's probably not going to be playing this weekend. Uh, But probably our biggest summer signing was someone we already had, so we got Abdullahi Dukouray to extend his contract, Um, and he was at the heart of absolutely everything good that we did last season. Um, We were thinking, you know, he's probably going to go for 40 million or something like that. And given that Richarlison went for whatever that was, between 35 and 50, um, it was terrific to have him re-sign.
4: Yeah, Richarlison was obviously a big shock in the transfer window. He started reasonably well at Everton. Uh, Do you think he's going to be a success there?
6: Yeah, I do. Um, he's uh, he, he seems a very raw talent. I mean, he's very fast. Um, he takes people on. He beats them for speed. And he was always in the right place at the right time to, to put the ball in the net in the first three months of the season. And then, Nobody really has satisfactorily explained what happened <laughs> and why he started blazing the ball over the bar every time he had a sitter. Um, you know, I don't think that's tiredness. Um, he may have been tapped up by Marco Silver on his way off to Everton. Um, so nobody's really explained it. But uh, good luck to him. I mean, he's, he's terrific, and I liked him, and uh, we got a lot of money for him because we'd only paid twelve or thirteen for him. Mm. Um, so you know, we'll have someone else who'll have a good season. So that's all fine.
4: Yeah, you've done quite a good job of cycling players in and out over the last few years as as well with your managers, but it seems to be working for you guys. Um, You've had the perfect start to the season. And obviously by that, I mean, you beat Brighton 2-0 on opening day. You can't get any better than that in a Palace fan's eyes. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) then gone to Burnley and ended a very, very long
6: wait for a win at Burnley. Is that right? Uh yeah, we've um we've only we had only ever won there twice before, which I think was two thousand and three and two thousand and four. Um so we're not very good at winning at Burnley, but uh, it was terrific. So we've we've the, the two matches have gone extremely well. So we've played decent football and we've had two excellent results. Um and there's just been a lot to like about it, particularly after like, the end of last season was pretty dull, particularly away from home. I mean it, the, yeah, take a wider context. It's probably nothing not noteworthy if you're a neutral or you support someone else. Uh, but we're really pleased with the way yeah. we started. Um of course, word of caution, um, you know, winning your first two games, well, so did West Brom last season unless Their second match was a win away at Burnley and that didn't go so well. So you can take nothing for granted.
4: (laughs) It's very scary when football throws up similarities like that. Um,
6: Well, yeah, and and similarities was the thing I wanted to talk about because, you know, I I think to the neutral Watford and Palace are two teams that are probably more similar than fans would like to admit. um, When you think in terms of our histories, our locations current league status that kind of thing Um, I'd probably say that you guys are perhaps a little ahead in terms of transfer budgets and possibly wages when I look at some of the signings you've made Um, but outside the top six of the Premier League this mini league of 12 or whatever we're in that doesn't seem to make a huge amount of difference Um, and what we all definitely share with each other and with all those other teams in the mini league is fear just the fear of losing Premier League status and Mm -hmm um it seems so little hope that comes into it. i don't know how, what you guys hope for but sometimes people seem to hope that we might get into the european places which i don't know how many are doing as we record this um but it doesn't seem to have done their season too much good so far um, yeah. and all, all our thoughts and feelings are just driven by fear of disaster i mean you know you <laughs> had the first seven games last season yeah um, It's really not much fun. And I I think as fans, we don't approach many games in a relaxed frame of mind, hoping for entertainment. I'd like to think, you know, the game on Sunday, you know, we've got our six points so far. That's two wins. And clubs like us are looking for somewhere between 10 wins and 15 wins to think that we've had a good season. And we've got two of them. You've got one of them. Um, so, you know, we could be quite relaxed and have a nice entertaining game, but I just can't see that happening. It's going to be 10. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's
4: going to be cautious. You know exactly what's
6: going to happen. Um,
4: there'll be a Wilfred Zaha dropping at some point, and the crowd very getting very up, shall we say. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, on Wilfred Zaha, he's... He obviously has had some fantastic performances against Watford in the past, the uh, playoff final, notably. Um, the first season he came up at Watford, he also uh, won a penalty there. You're not the biggest fans, it's very, very clear to say. Um, last last season booked for diving, uh, even though it was a stonewall penalty. Do you guys really think that he just spends his whole time on the floor?
6: <laughs> of course not. Uh, he's a he's an absolutely terrific footballer, um, and we would have him in our team like a shot. I'm, not too many Watford fans are hearing me say this, but <laughs> I, I think I think it's true um, that we would have him in our team like a shot. And um, you know, if I was critical, I'd say for a player of his talent he seems a little bit like all he's got is to run at a man and try and draw the foul he, he doesn't he doesn't seem to deliver a lot in terms of end product by going wide and getting crosses in which you might expect from a w- winger that's just my perception from what i see on match of the day in the games against us so, so if he's got one particular skill it's going in close to defenders bamboozling them scaring them um and either getting past them um by rattling the ball off the legs and getting through or going down. Um, and so many times that ends up in him, him going down. And is it a foul? Isn't it a foul? I don't know. Does the referee really know? I don't know. But it's great fun for us who are scared of him um, to, to claim that it's a foul. Every time. Uh, sorry, it's a dive every time. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, um, I, having watched him every week for pretty much his whole career, um, I barely missed the game he's played. Um went down a lot when he was younger uh, and that was morely more to do with his weight. He was very slight and um, couldn't really handle the physical side of the game. He's got a lot stronger um, in recent years and can hold players off a lot more and keeps his feet a lot more often. Uh, but you'll hear every Palace fan say he he doesn't dive. He really doesn't dive. It's that reputation oh. is completely unfounded. Um, he's just one of those players, very rapid and you know you get clipped and it's very easy to fall over as you're going down, and he's he moving side to side all the time. But I assure you, he doesn't dive. But obviously, that's not going to do anything to quiet Vicarage Road.
6: You don't need to assure me no, because all, all we know is that when we wind him up in the terrace, <laughs> he doesn't respond well. And that's exactly the kind of thing that, yeah. <laughs> that is important when you've got a player who oh, pertains. Oh, definitely.
4: That's another, yeah, it's another thing that he's definitely got much better at. But um, there's still a couple of teams that still rattle him and uh, Watford is certainly one of them. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes on Sunday.
6: Uh, well, yeah, I remember... A cold winter night uh, back in December down at your place. And it was a terrible game of football, but we were winning with a few minutes mm. to go. Uh, we were winding him up from the side. And, uh, of course, in the end, he creates two chances and you win 2-1 no. after we self-destruct. So we don't want that to be a pattern, though.
4: No. <laughs> he certainly, there's a picture of him waving to the Watford fans at the end of that game, um cupping, cupping his ears as well. Um Right, obviously, so the reason I've got you on is because... um I picked up on your podcast last season. So um mm. if you want to just give us a little overview of your podcast, how it came to be and then um introduce your clip that we're going to play for everyone.
6: Uh, great okay thanks um, so every other club has podcasts where people chat about the latest matches or upcoming matches uh, like this one um, but I don't think any other club has got anything quite like Hornet Heaven so for those that don't know Hornet Heaven is a series of stories that blend real life Watford facts and real life Watford characters with fictional storylines and it's delivered in a sort of Jack and jackanory kind of way by our brilliant Watford fan Colin Mace uh, who's, who actually reads audiobooks for a living so he's a pro at it and he's just sensational. So there's stories, fictional stories that use Watford Facts and the setting is an afterlife paradise where everyone who loves the club goes when they pass away, which I'm sure that any football fan can identify with that as a, an attractive idea. And in Watford's afterlife paradise, or Heaven, they can carry on watching for the rest of eternity and they can also go back to watch any Watford match ever by going through an ancient turnstile set in the stadium wall just down the side of the stadium. And there's a cast of characters from Watford's history. And uh, we've done, I think it's something like 30, 31 episodes now. And I usually base the stories around events that are happening at the club in the current season so pick up on themes that are relevant to supporters now. But uh, the current series, I've done a period drama from the 1977 Sorry, 1976-77 season, Uh, so four episodes containing one story that uh, is just before Graham Taylor got to the club. Um, And actually for a future series, I've just written an episode set in 1949 as well. So we can go anywhere in time um, with stories, uh, with players from the past, Um, real-life fans who I know that uh, have sadly passed away, I can put in Hornet Heaven as well. And uh, The Guardian described it as uh, original, funny and moving. It won an award last year. And what you're going to hear now is a clip, um, which is our preview of the Palace game. And there are two characters up there who are discussing the game. Uh, One of them who's called Henry, Henry Grover. He founded the club in 1881, so he's a Victorian gent. And the other one is Johnny Allgood, as we call him, who was Watford's first manager, whose real name was John Goodall, who was the greatest Victorian footballer um, at the turn of the last century. Um, and they're discussing the Palace match.
7: Henry and Johnny's Premier League previews. Crystal Palace at home. So, are you looking forward to the Crystal Palace game this weekend, Henry? Definitely not, Johnny. The word I'd use to describe Palace is is tawdry, tacky and unpleasant. Careful, Henry. A lot of Watford players down the years played for Palace, too, at some point. Were they tawdry? <sighs> to be honest, Johnny, when I think of two Hornet legends I love and admire, Cliff Holton and Adie Mariappa, and remember that they both went off and played for Palace before coming back, a part of me dies a little, if that's possible for someone who expired in 1949. You feel they're tinted. A little, though obviously not as much as certain players who started out at Palace before coming to Watford. I mean, Steve Caber, and Jamie Morley. Tawdry. Tawdry footballers. That seems harsh, Henry. You know, I'm wondering if you're feeling this way because we've only won one of our last 12 home league fixtures against Palace and they beat us at Wembley twice. Well, it's been a scandal. Wilfred Zahar has dived so much he he might as well have turned up in speedos. Oh, speedos. See what I mean about tawdry? Then it's a good job we're going to beat them this time. A solid 2-0 win. Really? A triumph for moral rectitude over tawdry sleaze. Ah, that prediction does my heart good. I do love you, Johnny Orgood. I do love you.
0: Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. Www.backofthenest.com.
1: For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The
2: same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <coughs>
0: Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com.
4: Yes, so that was Ollie there from the Hornet Heaven podcast. Um I highly recommend going and giving it a listen. You don't you certainly don't have to be a Watford fan to enjoy what is within the podcast excellent writing and obviously, you know, winning winning awards and excellent stuff and very insightful stuff from Ollie there about the game coming up on the weekend. Um, now from outside lads, I'm going to start with Christian Benteke this week. Um, firstly, give his performance on Monday night, ha, ha, were you happy with it?
5: I thought he played all right. Um, I've, I've seen some differing views on it. Um, got a couple of mates who just don't like him, so obviously they, they said he was useless. But, you know, I thought Virgil van Dijk... Was probably Liverpool's best player, one of their best players, and that's because he got worked by Benteke. Um, you know it's going to be tough as playing a team like Liverpool. Now their defense isn't as as bad as it it has been in the past few years, but I think he did all right. Um, you know he had that one shot just before he went off, which was a shame, uh, which sort of hit the porter cabin between uh, the main stand and that himself. <laughs> but. You know it's a tough game, isn't it? And when when Sirlock came on, he he annoyed me a little bit because he didn't he didn't run around as much as I'd like for someone who's only been on for sort of ten fifteen minutes. So yeah, I thought Benteke was all right. I, I would I would certainly keep him in the team for the Watford game.
4: How were they talking about him on the TV, Albert? Uh I didn't. They
5: weren't talking about, about
3: him much, to be honest. I think. Again, it's the same old cycle from last season. that, you know he hasn't scored in two games, therefore he must be, and uh, he's not. I thought he had a really. I thought first half in particular, I thought he did. In fact, I put it put so much onto it that you know I thought he had a good game. He was bringing everybody in, holding the ball up, and you know let's let's not forget, he's playing against the most expensive centre half ever, um, and he's essentially doing it on his own. You know, Wilf's not going to be up there challenging for high balls. It's all going to get pumped at Benteke. And uh, I thought, again, I don't think he came out of that game in any sort of disgrace. Yeah, okay, the, the wayward shot was slightly disappointing, but footballers don't always hit the target, do they? And I know it's, when you tag it on to the end of last season, it, you know, the people who get frustrated by it are going to get ever more frustrated. But, he's, you know, you don't drop him for Sunday.
4: Mm. Well, I think it was in the evening standard this week was suggesting that um hodgson's at his tether's end with him uh I, I can't see how they would know that there wasn't too much evidence in the articles to, to suggest that they have inside information um but huskiff obviously it's not center forward is not a position we're blessed with uh we've just basically got saw a lot Ben benteke and connor made a glass wickham who appears to be injured yet again um do you how many games do you see it with Benteke without scoring until he moves back to having that Townsend and Zaha front two again?
5: Yeah, it's a good question. I think the games that we've got coming up now, sort of Liverpool's out of the way, games against Watford, Huddersfield, Southampton. You know what? You I want him to be scoring goals in those games, mm-hmm. but I think we touched on it last week, and it, and it's something that. People who've defended Bentecke, myself included, have said, obviously you want your striker to score, but if he's helping the team, if he's providing assists for Will or he's allowing, you know, our, our midfield runners to have space, then arguably he, he doesn't need to score goals as much as everyone bangs on that he does. But if we get through these next sort of two or three, four games against teams that we should be scoring and we should should be looking to win those games against, and he hasn't done he hasn't scored and he hasn't really done as much in the game as we'd hoped, then you know at least we know we we can go back to Will and Andros or we've got AU now in the squad and if he becomes fully fit then I think he's a different option um so there are you know yeah there are options there and I'm hoping that that pushes Benteke uh, and his performance in the way that we sort of speculated that Guaita coming in did with Hennessy um but you know Hodgson showed that he's he's not scared of taking him off i think lot came on with 25 minutes ago 20 minutes ago on monday so you know it's a, it's a little nice to say you're not going to play 90 minutes every week if you're not managing to perform or score uh but i give i give him the next few games for sure uh, and i'm i'm sure he's going to come good
4: yeah, how did you feel, Albert, about Sirloch coming on for Benteke with, I think it was, yeah, between 25 and 20 minutes ago on Monday night?
3: I was about to ask you that question, so I didn't have to answer it myself. <laughs>
4: um,
3: I, I, listen, I certainly didn't have a, a problem with the change in itself, in the fact that, yeah, I think Benteke had done all he could. Um, I think as the game went on, Van Dyke sort of, you know, grew a bit more into it and sort of had the beating of Ben Teke, which again is completely understandable um but as all as and again i'm not you know i'd be i'd be a hypocrite if i then if i now started saying that sir lot's rubbish and he should never play again blah, blah, blah. but it was just another it's just another forgettable 20 minutes as far as i'm concerned for saw lot i just i just haven't seen anything that you know convinces me that if we, if we did have to drop Benteke and Wickham wasn't fit and we were left with Sir Lott, I think we'd be in a worse a worse position than persevering with Benteke.
4: Mm, yeah, he's, he's still very, very raw Sir Lott, in my eyes and um, still got a lot to learn, especially about English football. And, you know, he's big and strong and he should have the attributes to be able to compete against the back lines like Benteke has done in the past. Um and undoubtedly playing alongside Benteke in training will help him along in that learning curve. And obviously Roy Hodgson's a brilliant coach by all accounts and gets the best out of players. But um, yeah, I mean, a Benteke injury or you know a massive drop-off in form, you are he's struggling a little bit. And I can see us at some point going back to whether it's a Townsend and a Zaha up top or IU coming in, because that also just frees it up to... For the rest of the four midfielders to keep their place, so you still have um, the four that's been playing at the moment in Milivojevic, um, Townsend on one side, Schlupp on the other side, and um, McArthur, oh. yeah. And then you can add one of Maya or Ayu or Kuyate into that mix. And um, we've had a question from Twitter from Z Block Party Zaha. Um, <laughs> What are the chances of kiate or Myers starting on Sunday? Um, Heskiff, with Troy Deeney, big old lump of the is, and playing up front with Gray, um, I think they've only started three games for Watford, um, I'd heard earlier in the week, and they've won all three games that they've started together. Um, Deaney's very much a player that likes to drop into the hole and uh, pick the ball up there. Do you think uh, there's a chance kiate can come in You know, with his size and strength to challenge
5: Deeney in that area? I do actually. Uh I I thought the one thing I would say on Monday that I thought Roy got wrong was um whilst it was great to see Maya play, um we were talking after the game and we were saying that if you bring on Kuyate and we, we you know we had a few corners at the end there, a few set pieces that we could have done something with, and if you add another big lad in, you know, in the box offensively that will help us. Uh, and and I think that's still the case in, in whatever game he plays in. But yeah, like you say if Deany's dropping deep and he's still he's still their talisman, even though his form last year was a bit off, you know, the Watford fans, as far as I'm aware, still love him. And when he gets involved and he gets stuck in, then it it, it sort of raises their level of support in the way sort of in the way that Wilf does with us. And I think having Kuyati in there, probably at the expense of Schlapp, who I'm still a little bit unconvinced by. Will mean that you've still got the energy of Macarthur out wide, so covering in front of um, PVA. But yeah, then you've got a bit more bite. So Luca and Chiare is a pretty formidable central partnership, I think. And it's tough to predict where he's going to play because we, you know, as we have said before, Roy doesn't like to make changes unless he has to, like with with uh, the right backs on Sunday. But I, I'd quite like to see him in there. I'd, I, I want to see what he can do. You know, he's, he, he impressed me when I saw him play for West Ham against us. Mm. And, yeah, you want to keep players like Deeney quiet, um, especially when we're playing away at Watford. So, yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to see Chiaro in there. Um yeah. The other side of that question was Max
4: Meyer starting. Um, I can't really see that um, this weekend. Uh, probably a roll from the bench again. How did you feel he did when he came on on Monday night, Albert? And watching, I haven't watched back on TV any of the game. Um, and Roy Hodgson was seeming to suggest that he felt Meyer should have had a penalty for being wiped out in the area. So how did you think he went on Monday night?
3: I thought it was quite you know, a nice little cameo. It was, um, I think, the... Uh... I don't think they necessarily expect him to come on and, and change the game or win the game. it was probably just a nice excuse just to give him some time on the pitch. Um, you know and he looked positive he wanted the ball um, he sort of got it in some decent positions and and you, and you could tell he was looking for a for a clever pass which was quite nice to see. I mean when, when you see him on the, when you see him on the pitch, you sort of and I'm not necessarily talking about his quality obviously but you, you understand sort of the comparisons with Messi and the, you know just in his stature and that sort of low centre of gravity. Um, having said that, I, you know, I, I concur with Sam. I don't think we'll see him start at Watford. I mean, if it's if it's anything like last year's game, I don't know if, how well you well, remember it, but it was, it was quite an ugly, nasty, nasty affair. So I think Kiyate is probably more suited to start the game. And as the game goes on, if we're still in it or if we're behind, I'm sure we'd see him come on. But, you know, promising player.
4: And was it a penalty in your eyes? Uh,
3: no, I don't think... I, I, no, I'd, I'd have considered it slightly harsh, but, you know, I can see where Roy's coming from. It would have been given you know, if it was Salah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a given, isn't it? But it, it wasn't on Salah, so, you know. I Listen, I think they had to give that that penalty on Salah because, you know, the Liverpool fans would have formed some sort of petition um, <laughs> try to get sort of, try to get Sacco banned. From football, you know, he should
4: be banned from football for that Croy turn he pulled on Salah. Oh man, mm-hmm. that was outrageous.
3: That's that's why I'm, that's why I'm I'm okay with the loss because he can comp- he completely mugs he completely <laughs> mugs Salah for that. It was
4: unbelievable. Mm. But uh, I do remember last year's game very well. Of course, we went and recorded the podcast directly after the game from your extension, Albert. Uh, are we doing the same this year?
3: I think we're going to try. Yeah,
4: mm. Mm. but. What I do remember about last year's game was how Watford completely overrun us for basically the first hour, particularly in midfield. Um, so I think there's another argument there for Kuyate to come into that middle part, middle of the park and put some fight in there. But also um, another interesting correlation was that it was Joel Wald came in for Wonder Saka last year as well um, during that game and struggled. An
3: absolute man. <laughs> yes.
4: Uh, was it Pereira is his name? Yeah. Um, nutmeg Ward yeah. a few times and uh, I don't think there's any doubt Joel Ward should have received a second yellow card in that game and got sent off I think the referee gave him um, the benefit of the doubt considering there was only about 10 seconds left before um, he made his final foul uh, Albert you it's clear now Wambasaka is number one choice at right back but Joel Ward odd problems aside and so on he's he's a more than capable backup
3: yeah, completely. You know, he's. He, it's rare that he rips up trees. You know, it's. He, he can. He can have a quite a solid game, and hopefully he has one of those on Sunday. But, you know, we've got we, we're quite blessed in that position. We've got a really really exciting young prospect who's clearly going to go on to sort of bigger and better things. And you know, really unlucky, really unlucky on on Monday to to get sent off. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but you know, just in those circumstances, he's he's done really well to get back there. And just a bit unfortunate, but um, you know, if if you if you can't have two Aaron Wan-Bissakas you know it's nice to have a, a vastly experienced, you know, right back waiting in the wings, and he'll he'll come in. And I'm sure you know, I'm sure he'll do a job. Let's just hope he has a slightly better game than last time. So,
4: I
5: had a dad joke to make there. Should I make it? You're going to say
4: Aaron Wembasacker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was written. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd, I mean, Wamba Saka. You say going to bigger, better things. That's obviously lifting the Premier League trophy with Crystal Palace um, in a few years' time. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, fantastic game for him on Monday night was certainly my man in the match. Even with the sending off, if anything, the sending off kept us in the game. Um, although I think uh, it's one of those annoying ones. A yellow could have probably sufficed considering Salah's last touch and the fact that there was absolutely no need for Salah to go down, but. Hey-ho, there it is. Um, Joel Ward, uh, I thought he looks quite sharp, actually, when he came on against Liverpool. And perhaps it's the same thing. Now he knows he's got genuine competition for place. It's going to see him step up his game. Uh, He made a really, really impressive turn um, deep in the Liverpool half, uh, absolutely skinned the fullback, uh, left him for dead and then put the cross in. And I was really impressed until I'd realised that um, it was Moreno who Liverpool had just subbed on. And let's face it, he's one of the worst fullbacks in the division. Let's head off and then when we come back, we'll do predictions.
0: Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com
4: Right, Hesketh, you threw out a miserable three nil last week. Um, you weren't you weren't far off, but you probably were in terms of the performance you was expecting.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, well, if you if you listen back, I said I was going to say two nil, but I think they'll score an injury time to make it three. <laughs> so I was very close twice. Yeah. Um, no, we, we did we did play very well, and you know. I... I I was beating myself up a little bit for being a bit too heskiff after after we recorded, um, but yeah, we, we we played really really well against them, and I I can't stand them. I can't stand them now. I hate the manager. I did anyway, and now I hate Salah, and all all of their supporters and in inverted commas that I know have been digging me out. They they annoy me. They wound me up, and uh, a special shout out to Jason Flynn, who just put it very succinctly when he just said their only opinion is what the Liverpool the ex-Liverpool players say on Sky yeah and so I'm rambling I, I've wound myself up again
4: so <laughs> come back um, I was obviously way out with 2-1 for Palace and Albert you weren't too far off with 1-1 um when Maya flicked that ball across goal if Sirlock would have stuck his foot out um it would have been it would have been 1-1 Finally.
3: it's like watching Frankenstein's monster <laughs> trying to react to a buzzy bee <laughs>
4: well this week uh obviously we're off to watford and the poll on twitter are, are we ready for this for win, it was i'm horny hornity
3: horny horny
4: horny. <laughs> uh, for Shoot. a draw probably robbed and for a loss was burn their mascot with fire
5: <laughs> i want to vote i want to vote for that just for the sentiment <laughs> I just want to vote for that,
3: just because, regardless of the result, because he's an absolute moron. He certainly
4: is. Um, and come on, anyone who wears a suit like that, a mascot thing, mm. Mm.
3: And he does the running man in front of the away fans, and then did you did you notice last year? Does he gives it a little bit of the vinegar yep. strokes when? <laughs> just surely,
4: surely that's not okay. <laughs> um, probably not. He's supposed to be there to entertain children, I'd imagine. He should be... Well,
3: that's (laughs)
4: definitely not how you entertain a child. Uh, You haven't looked at his hard drive. No, I'm not suggesting anything there. Um, (laughs) The back of the nest crew, Hambo, Gusset, Patrick O'Connor, Tim and Mike Scott have all gone for wins with Ed, Clouds and remember last week, SP. I couldn't remember who SP was and I was wondering if Steve Pavish was joining our Predictions League. Uh, Simon Pizzi um new to new to the podcast team so a, a bit too new <laughs> he said um it made him laugh out loud when he was running um what's all these healthy people are, is any, are any either of you two doing the uh, the marathon march you are doing yes. it
3: i haven't officially signed up but I'll, I'll be doing that when i finish mm, this yes
0: only 26, only 26 miles.
4: miles so if you look out on our socials um, it will be plugged between now and October profusely I imagine um, trying to raise money for the academy obviously. Uh, so please donate if you can. Um, I, I don't know if I want to say this. I think you text BoTn90 uh, with a pound sign and then the amount that you want to donate to 707070 but do check our socials because off the top of my head that might not be right but I think just do be careful where you put the yes. decimal
3: point in the amount because I've been stung on mm. like that before
4: yeah but if you just do like 1 pound or 2 pounds um and certainly if all of our listeners uh donated 1 pound we'd <laughs> smash our target so to um... buy a hot
6: dog
5: <laughs> <City>. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah, the problem is, like, by the time uh, my mum, your mum, and Heskiv's mum has donated, um, that'll be it. <laughs> That's all that listens. <laughs> um, but going back to predictions, not a single person from the Homesdale Radio crew has predicted a loss. So, Albert, are you going to change that? No,
3: we're
4: going to win 2-1. Oh. Who's going to score? Uh.
3: Zaha has to score doesn't he and i'm hoping he comes out uh of the tunnel wearing that playoff medal <laughs> a bit like a boxer that comes out and someone has to come and like take it off him and he kisses it yeah. and stuff um he's definitely going to score and uh let's say uh james Tompkins is going to is going to bang one in
4: spooky that was my exact oh, prediction. 2 1 with Zaha and Tompkins it? is my exact prediction. So that's nice. a back in well, the mess go. first. Um, as for, Actually, if it comes we'll true. have to put some money on it now. Um, we'll take all those donations and lump on 2 1 Palace. Yeah. Um, I am the J Law on Twitter has said um, the medal should be presented to Zaha at halftime time on Sunday. I-, I think that would go down well in Vicarage <laughs> Road. <laughs> Uh, so Heskiff what we need now is your prediction
5: I am going to go for a draw <laughs> um, I was actually going to predict a win <sighs> however I reckon because of all of the sort of controversy of Monday something bad is going to go wrong where like Wilf will get chopped down but we won't get the penalty much like last year because he's a cheat and all this nonsense and that will cost us a win that's that's my prediction so I say one all and I reckon Ben Teke scoring.
4: Oh, big Chris getting off the oh, mark.
5: Well, I've said he's gonna score fourteen goals this year or twelve goals this year, so I've got to predict him to <laughs> score the goals one week. I might as well do it now.
4: Yeah. I think Zaha's about on track for the twenty one I said did score. Hundred to one will for Zaha to get twenty goals this season. So, um but unfortunately you could only place it before the season and I missed out. Uh, right, so there you have it.
5: Who's the who's the ref? Um, who's the ref? Uh, Anthony Taylor, I think. Do we know?
4: Mm. I might be wrong. Who was the ref last Oh, it was, not, it not was it. a new guy. It was that Chris Kavanagh, the new the new the newish ref. Oh
3: yeah.
4: Had a mayor. Him, him, him and Joel wool just had shockers that day. <laughs> uh, right, so there you have it. Those are our predictions. Uh, well hopefully me and Albert, our little cheeky two one will come in. Uh, we'll be back shortly. <laughs>
0: Back of the Nest match preview podcast. www.backofthenest.com
4: Right, that's a lot for this week. Um look out tomorrow for the Love Sport Podcast in your outs boxes. Um I think Hambo and Nick Gusset are there tonight. Perhaps they are as well. I don't
3: know. Oh, I don't think Hambo made no. it. No.
4: The big loser. The big loser. <laughs> well, it's a long way from Crawley to London. L- is London Bridge where you recalled it? Yeah, it's quite quite a yeah, trek. Um, Hambo really should be walking from Crawley to London Bridge in in training for the marathon march. <laughs> I think mean, that's why he didn't make it. <laughs> um, obviously Sunday we're considering doing the review show from Albert's extension. So I think that would be if it does happen. Me, you, Hambo, and Dr. Was anyone else listed to come down?
3: Uh, just uh, just yourself, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Hambo and Dr. I think. Sam, you're
4: on the bottom. He it's also right. comes with an entourage as well, and they all require you know um M and Ms to be picked into separate bowls, matching colours and stuff like that. So you really don't want him there. <laughs> Mate, I'll get the staff on it. Jeeves of get it all sorted, right? <laughs>
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.